You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Morning, Joe. Morning, Pat. How are you? Very well, mate. No, lovely to hear the beautiful Monash Freeway coming through there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, another day in paradise here in uh, here in um, we're in the thick of our winter, aren't we? Here in uh, Victoria, so it's uh, a balmy uh, six degrees on the uh, on the old um, clock in the car here, and uh, yeah, a busy a busy freeway to navigate this morning. But nice to be chatting with you. Yeah. Jeepers, so he's moving fast. I'm keeping it still here. Um, and <laughs> it is winter. Uh, I sort of feel like it's been nice that it's it's finally landed. We've had a pretty soft winter, and now it's it's time to yeah. really feel the cold. And uh, cycles help, help I reckon. So here we are. Yeah, no, yep. True. Um, yeah, so speaking of cycles, we're, we're still deep in a cycle. Um, and <laughs> in a winter, I suppose. Um, we were talking about it, but it's it, it's not too muddy around here, but it's definitely muddy out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I think it's uh, yeah, like the economic landscape here has been, you know, it's been a really interesting week, I guess, in terms of um, the kind of one kind of company announcements coming out, but then also the RBA and what they're trying to do, which is our, um, I guess, kind of like our main kind of peak body in terms of kind of like after setting interest rates, etc., kind of the Reserve Board of us, Reserve Bank Board of Australia, um, and what they're trying to do, the increasing gap in productivity um, growth in in Australia, and kind of how that's um, you know kind of I guess underpinning some of the inflation challenges that are that are here. Um, and then yeah, you've kind of got the backdrop this time of year. We're kind of in peak uh, you know reporting season in terms of. Uh, people tipping their hand around where their results might be landing as kind of large companies, etc. So there's always a lot going on, um, mainly due to the kind of the end of the financial year in Australia, which is June 30. Um, but it, it kind of, it does set up a really interesting conversation, I think, between what is really kind of, um, you know, happening in the, in the here and now, and then also kind of some of the announcements that are coming out around new technology, really kind of using generative AI and, um, whether those things are actually going to kind of um, work with one another. So can AI, um, generative AI, actually help kind of solve some of the productivity issues um, that we're facing in countries here like Australia? Like mm. Australia. Yeah, you've painted the landscape pretty well with stepping out of the cultural rivers that will go into the muddy riverbanks of uh, cash and, and productivity that are intersecting pretty strong right now and and yeah it's sure. it's pretty due to everyone looking at their books with scrutiny and looking to the horizon to see what next year looks like and that that is a new financial year in the end of one coming um and then the tasty carrot that is ai that sits there that that sort of uh ask you to dream into it solving all your problems in the world and <laughs> That's what seems to be happening with all the product drops. Um, also, a bit of a relevance, uh, a relevance game as well, or irrelevance game, where people are releasing a similar product but with their own take on it, which is uh, fascinating. But we were thinking of off-air taking this conversation around the ask of productivity and around the ask of what the economies, uh, especially like the Australian economy and developed economies that are that are experiencing right now and that is a, a shift in how much how much a dollar can get you um, essentially 
and, and why inflation keeps going up and what AI can do, but not just generative AI. We were talking about neuro AI and all different ideas around how to, how to speed up that or how to get more efficient. Really, it is the efficient, the efficient game and where I, AI can step in to, to produce a lot more for that dollar in the long run is really where we are um feels like the main conversation at the moment yeah definitely definitely and you know i think with the with generative ai i mean i think the major kind of use case that we're already seeing and you know most of the releases that continually come up really if you look through the thread that goes through them all what what they mostly are about is about pattern matching so i think you know the, the really the first use case that you clearly start to see with with this that is everywhere and is only growing is kind of, you know, across all different fields from medical through to even what I do day in and day out in terms of kind of, you know, um, variation of a specific kind of, um, whether it's a kind of presentation deck or actual kind of graphics that are going out into the world is that it's the ability of kind of generative AI and kind of these models to basically see what the pattern is and then being able to actually adapt and create the kind of the, the slight variables, et cetera. And that's, you know, going to be one part of kind of solving, I think, the productivity um, puzzle. But it kind of obviously there's, there needs to be an investment case into that. But then what comes next if you step all the way out to kind of really the, I think what people, when people get afraid of AI, what they're really thinking about is kind of, um, you know, more of a neural AI, i.e. this thing can actually think for itself and actually create new knowledge, right? It's, you know, really it's bound by the, at the moment by what we know as, as humans, but it's actually when it's going to be able to take that and start to kind of draw its own suppositions and create new knowledge, that that's where it's going to get interesting. But from everything I've read and seen, we're, you know, we're 10 years away from, away from that. So it's kind of, you know, in the here and now, it's really, it's about its ability to create, I think, you know, adaptions of things really really quickly um so you know in like a social media sense um you you may have not may or may not seen this overnight pat come out but the uh for example you know a lot of the uk advertisers are already calling for kind of um full disclosure of when kind of social content i mean it's a bit self-serving because it's going to put them out of work um but (laughs) are are calling for um kind of you know basically acknowledgement this is generated by by ai um, and some way to kind of actually flag that to the to the public, but you know you do you do get a sense that the standards around um, that sort of stuff is kind of you know certainly gonna gonna happen. But in the in the main, that's it's just a really great use case. I think kind of um, if you think about like a social media post and generating that using kind of a generative AI tool is a really great example of how AI today can actually help you speed up a task that, you know, it might have taken you 10 minutes to do that. AI can create you 100 different versions of that in 10 seconds. It can. And, uh, yeah, whenever we do this conversation and and get to, like, where AI is is producing its work and and doing it, at least at the moment, there's a lot in what you just said, but it is the decision-making that that still sits there. Um, And, like, how how that is skewed with data is going to... I think it's going to really change the way that we look at data and how to get advantage is going to be an interesting one when everyone's working off the same the same principles and essentially the same yeah. the same AI which it feels like that with all the product drops I don't know if you saw the Vimeo drop um, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a great video but it, it did look a lot like a lot of the other things I've seen just the Vimeo touch on it which was great it was a good integration and a good idea 
Um, yeah, it's the same with like the Adobe Suite stuff, yeah. right? Like instant variations of like different formats or kind of like you know change instantly change the color of a logo to twenty different colors to show you the shade. Like it's all it's productivity enhancing because those tasks you know do take time. Um, and you know we've spoken before about like the kind of the, the paradox of time around that. So in, if you're a professional in those fields, it, it frees you from some of the kind of monotony around it. But what AI is not going to do in the short term is be the person who creates that logo to begin with. Yeah, for sure. And it could come there, like you could develop it. But yeah, where, where I was sort of going with that is like, um, everyone has the ability to produce like a million social media or this, that and the other, but everyone's feeding off the same AI. That's what you can sort of tell at the moment and the different tones. Yeah. So you're starting, it, it, it was already pretty homogenous across it. So whether that's coming, but the, the ability to get a little bit differentiated with different data sets and then like your own AI, if that if that is in your capability and remit to be able to produce, that's that's interesting around what that actually looks like and the products that can come from that. It's going to be fascinating. And, and a lot of the chat that I've been involved around is like, how do you create valuable data sets and what is that valuable data set to start, yep. you know, being able to create that differentiator where you can get something a little bit smarter than, than what's sitting there right now um, and even give away a lot more of the creative process to then be able to be like, well, people finding their role and redefining their role again. It's interesting what the – I wasn't aware of that, but it's interesting what the advertising – um, core body is over in the UK calling for that. I think there'll be a lot of industries calling for that. Um, lawyers had a good case that, that came up where they uh, put forward the wrong case because uh, they trusted AI too much. So, you know, this, yeah, the poor, the poor bugger's going to lose his uh, his bar. Yeah, you know, he's going to lose his he's going to lose his license. But every lawyer is going to tip his hat to him, saying thank you for that bad news story. So. Um, it, it's a it's an interesting one but there's definitely going to be it's going to push that like being able to validate what it is i think uh deep fakes and all of that that's it was anyway there like what is what is valid um how do you signal that like how do you see that how do you feel that how do you scan that uh yeah with elections coming up it's pretty wild with what's going to happen if you look back at some of the stats but i think that's yeah. taking the podcast uh to a different or at least convo to a different place but yeah the ability to produce a lot of content in a lot of different ways or a lot of work like the productivity thing um is massive in terms of what you're doing but it's like do you feel like the productivity pendulum is going to swing so you, all of a sudden you've got amazing productivity it's like you couldn't be more productive if you tried but the quality or that is gonna it, it's then going to come back into the quality in the craft. That, that's my read that I feel like it's going to happen. And that's where like these data sets where it's like, if you're still using that same model is how do you create something different or a bit more smart? And that's where you are intelligent. Listen to me smart. And then you head into the Neuralink and that's when you start to getting something that's really, it sounds at least on paper, so did AI, but it sounds independent, which is, um, yeah, which is like walking your own Frankenstein down the street or watching it walk, which is amazing. Um, and who knows, it might tell you tell you how to how to be a better human. It's a it's a f- fascinating space and where it's going to head. But the 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 ground is absolutely right for ad- for adoption of this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the yeah. Pro- productivity. I don't know. I like when is it gonna? <clears throat> it feels like it's gonna. I would like to hear your read on that because my gut is saying 
productivity won't that conversation won't last for that long. I don't think it's a big no. as big as problem. Like it's a big problem, but I don't feel like it's it's a long term problem. No, no. I think well, I mean, I guess productivity is mostly um, related to um, kind of well, a couple different things. I think that kind of under underpin productivity. One is kind of like worker efficiency. So how quickly labor can actually get through through a task and mm-hmm. a lot of you know a lot of what we're actually seeing is really around kind of skill gaps and kind of knowledge gaps so and you know in terms of that we had an awful lot of i think the most capable people with the most experience at least that i think often have a cascade effect in organizations leave during the pandemic right it was kind of like it was the the it wasn't the kind of great resignation it was actually the great retirement where We've had this entire kind of generation that, um, you know, kind of knew how things worked and actually gone through the kind of um, had that mix of the old world skill of kind of understanding how things were done, could be done with the kind of the, the new world kind of technology coming through. And I think they were a really nice bridge between kind of two worlds, so to speak, Pat. Um, and they're they're kind of they're leaving, right? They're, they're leaving the workforce. And I think that's part of our productivity dilemma is that the knowledge isn't kind of fully realized in, in the kind of the, the generation coming through in terms of some, some of those aspects. So that's one, one part of it. And then the other part is like about investment. You know, it's about actually kind of investing in the, the machinery, the technology, the, the kind of ways of actually doing things that really kind of allow workers to speed up. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's not just a common Australian um, problem. This has happened in a lot of developed economies, but capital wants its, you know, wants its dessert. It doesn't just want its kind of um, its main meal. It also wants its kind of um, um, kind of snaps at the end of um, end of it. And a lot of that means that investment in kind of productivity enhancing tools is actually less and less as um, time goes on. Yeah, here. There's, do you think there's another way to read that bridge piece, and that is that also the speed piece that happened, like in terms of getting digital over over COVID, and there's a catch-up lag as well, in terms of organisations realising that it a lot does happen online, and a lot like a lot of your process has to adjust to that, and then we've got working from home still pretty rampant, like it's it's in terms yeah. of the landscape, it's it's nowhere near what it was when, when we left, and <clears throat> the offices and yeah. went into lockdown. So there's like there's that piece on top of that, but yeah, it's valid in terms of who who left the office and what that actually means. But then there's that. yeah, and I think so, I think so, and I think that's what I'm I'm trying to stress is like it's not a it's not a critique on um, you know kind of like flexible working or anything like that from from my space. I think it's more about the people who are actually left in the workforce to kind of be working flexibly, and it's the it's the knowledge and how that knowledge is actually actually shared. And I think kind of you know those those shortcuts that are I think often productivity enhancing for organizations in particular it's like you know I know it's it's just experience isn't it it's going I know the manual um, says to do it exactly like this which you could do or you could just do this one simple thing right and this one simple thing is like it's almost like an institutional knowledge of the way something can actually work and like you know the the triple tier that our airline Qantas has had is, is a really good example of that it's that they're getting there in terms of kind of, you know, being able to kind of readjust the way that their baggage is done, the way that their planes are kind of um, unloaded, offloaded, et cetera. But they, they let go people who were very, very productive at actually kind of being able to do that. And then the knowledge is not, the knowledge is lost. And that's the point I'm trying to make around kind of productivity. And then, 
AI in theory, like kind of generative AI at least, everyone is like, oh, oh, this is going to solve it, solve for that. But it's really what it actually does often is give the average. It gives the average of kind of what something should be or the average of the knowledge points. I think productivity often is much more around specific knowledge of, of certain things and how they actually work. So I'm not questioning that uh, generative AI will make routine tasks and pattern matching a lot quicker and a lot easier. Um, but what I am saying is I feel like there's a there's a part that's missing in the formula, which is more around specific knowledge that people, you know, don't often talk about in the frenzy of AI is that it's it's the average, it's the pattern matching, it's the average of what we know, what it isn't, is specific knowledge around a specific task that only it kind of, you know, certain humans have, right? That's the that's the thing. Yeah, no, that's it's really good to hear you break it down like that and, and, and speak to it like that. Um and, and I think you can take it a few a few ways, but yeah, that huge institutional knowledge or lived knowledge or learnt knowledge or all that human capacity to to step around the rules, I think is yeah, exactly. is, is yeah. massive. Um, and that's probably a, a troublesome step as you paint that picture around what productivity is and how everyone's scrambling to win that in in a in a capitalist market where you've got to produce year-on-year gains otherwise you're going backwards uh you can't even produce the same the same it's an ai's like carrot that sits there is go it's it's saying its whole cell is that this is going to solve whatever you whatever problem you have it's going to solve it and the the kool-aid there is is nearly empty but it keeps getting refilled um but there's definitely truth to some of it it's it's a it's a space but yeah the way that you say around human agency or hu- the, the human element around being able to think differently and, and break the rules is, is fascinating and then the, the actual lived experience of institutional knowledge is is massive and whether that that bringing up that is like whether this productivity thing will stick around a lot longer but it will look a lot different yeah that's that's how kind of i feel it's starting starting to head is that the you know it's kind of the the equipment piece that we kind of we need as well to support some of that like that's kind of what we're what we're working through but one of the I, I feel anyway at least one of the biggest things that's not really spoken about is kind of that you know it is it's the it's the loss of that you know as you're putting it like that human capital it's like you know if you have I mean there's so many use cases for this but if you say like in education like what's the true value of a principal in a school I often think is that a great principal and a kind of in a teaching environment is that they actually have the knowledge of everyone, right? And they're, they're kind of the orchestrator who pulls everyone together. And if you take if you take that kind of um, person out, then what you start to see is kind of gaps in kind of how same people, but you start to see gaps in kind of how productive they can be together. Yeah, and so you feel like the principle's been taken out of a lot of, like, say, Qantas or... There's also the model, like, oh, yeah, let's not get bogged down in Qantas because I've got a bone to pick with them, but there's a, there's a model, there's a business model that, that sits there that makes interacting with a business like that really frustrating. Yeah, um, definitely. But, that, but that's changed, right? So that's, that was not, like, for you to feel frustration, it means you feel some level of loss, that you had something that is now gone. And I think a lot of people feel that way around, you know, like, it's not just Qantas, there's lots of other kind of um, businesses that, you know, have embraced technology through their interaction and i think a lot of people would say well probably not for the better right and that's i think a quite a common critique of where these things tend tend to land but to me the biggest point that if i was running 
Qantas or anyone else like that, I'd be like, you've probably cut a little bit too quick in terms of the actual knowledge that is that is there. And wouldn't you have been better having that knowledge handed over to the next generation? I feel like that's part of what we're going through is that everywhere you look, even like in restaurants or kind of places, people are not as quick to do the things that they actually need need to do. And I think that's a large part of what we're actually living through. And then, you know, you overlay a technology like um, it said the other day, which I thought was really wise, um, was about it's replatforming, right? So what AI is going to do is replatform the world, just like the Internet replatformed it, is that most people's ways of working rather than kind of, you know, like Googling, kind of working in an Internet sheet, you're going to be working in an AI enhanced kind of work environment, which makes a lot of sense in terms of where you start to think about that going directionally and that's but that's kind of generative ai that's the true thing that it can actually do is be a quicker version of the internet basically um and i think that's 100 percent where where we're heading but the internet unleashed significant productivity gains for everyone because it made things quicker to get the, the tasks done so yeah. i think you're definitely going to see that um with it but obviously like with anything you know it's going to take significant amounts of investment to realize those productivity gains yeah it's well said well summed uh, there's something in that though that i feel like that we can touch on uh next week maybe is the segmentation and i feel i don't know if ai is going to solve that but i feel that in the business model of Qantas and in the business model that that is most prevalent uh, around the world right now and that is the segmentation model where even within organizations you have uh and all you have a silo that says we do x then you have another one yep. that does y and it's played against the consumer when they're trying to get a resolution or trying to get something and yeah and this yep. is a classic model and i don't think AI, like ai could solve it but it's actually the incentive on the other side to be able to solve um but then you go even further when it's even just producing a product for consumer and that segmentation is is interesting in terms of like a lot of people produce i don't know you'd be able to speak to this maybe a little bit but a lot better but there's a lot of products out there that are exactly the same on the shelf but they've just got a different um a skew on them in terms of how the consumer consumes that and that is due to like segmentation in terms of how that product pipeline is producing something it's a it's an interesting space but that's flipped now in terms of customer experience in in tasting something using something buying something and i don't know yeah, i feel like that's lost right. a bit of productivity into like i correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like that's relatively new approach it doesn't feel old but um yeah i feel like whether ai will fix that or enhance that it's it's soon to be but segmentation is a fascinating one i mean in our economy especially off the back of uh, COVID and what Pipeline showed us in terms of as you continue to produce those products in a, in a world that feels less stable, at least that's the talk. Um, yep. What does that look like and, and where's AI's place in that and where is innovation in that and uh, and where are we going from here? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point and I think it is a really nice jumping off point to start to think about for kind of the next, the next chat is that the the business model um, incentives, I guess, is what you're kind of you're you're leading into. Is that the internet really was supposed to kind of make it a consumer kind of panacea, so to speak, in terms of that, you know, um, removing the friction of choice. Whereas actually, where we've ended up is kind of still in a very fragmented kind of model where, like, choice 
you could argue these days, it's quicker to find the information but harder to choose the right option. So whether AI is going to make that easier for us or not is, um, yeah, probably, um, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say probably not because the economic incentive isn't necessarily always aligned to making the consumer experience frictionless um, because then it's easy for them to, to hop and jump. But yeah, like certainly we can we can unpack that in terms of, you know, what you're kind of saying around segmentation is really around, um, you know, how easy is it to choose and move often between products? Yeah, it's choose and move, but it's even the fact that you're buying the same product with a different label on it, like say for cars, yeah, like that's, it's just a fascinating thing. And then a ser- it's just a service then, you, it's like flipped on the other side. Yeah, but we'll get into it. I think it's a fascinating thing, segmentation, the way it's used and incentivized for, for gains yeah. and, and gains the other way that aren't so friendly. It's a... It's an interesting one that I don't think is touched on much and we can definitely bring in the AI and how it can uh, enhance or or destroy the segmentation yeah, where well, we think that'll go. Yeah, yeah cool, because maybe thinking about it kind of like how it really kind of, if it's a if it's basically it's a replatforming, then kind of what does that actually, actually do when you're kind of using, gen- you're working with generative AI to make the same choices you're making today, right? So it's like, you know, between kind of airlines that are all exactly the same plane but with a different flavor um, put across it flying to the same destinations, it could be a really fun conversation to have. Yeah, I reckon it's a good spot to go um, and, and a valid one. All right, mate, cool. Till then. Till then, Joey. Enjoy the, right. enjoy the city. Will do. Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's B-A-U-P-O-D dot co.